the Panhandle News Network. The views and opinions on this station do not necessarily represent the Panhandle News Network, WEPM and WCST, or West Virginia Radio Corporation. Here we go! Welcome to Panhandle Live on WEPM and WCST, the Panhandle News Network. Panhandle Live is brought to you by Sutton and Janelle Attorneys at Law. Visit their new location at 224 West King Street, Martinsburg, and online at suttonandjanelle.com. Here are your hosts of the 2022 WVBA Talk Show of the Year, Jordan Nicewarner and Marsha Kavalik. It is Monday the 17th, and you are tuned in to Panhandle Live, brought to you by Sutton and Janelle, full-service law firm serving West Virginia and Maryland. I mean, individuals, families, businesses with all of their legal needs, family law, criminal defense, DUI, personal injury, mediation. They provide legal counsel tailored to you. You can visit their historic location in downtown Martinsburg at 224 West King Street. You can always find them online at suttonandjanelle.com. I'm Jordan Ice Warner. Marsha is out for the day. She had uh, to run on down and uh, handle some things with her mom downstate, uh, well, unexpectedly, last minute uh, over the weekend. So she's got the day off. She'll be back tomorrow uh, to fill us in. I'm sure uh, while she's down there, amongst other things, she's going to be seeing some pretty fall foliage that I think is pretty much in full swing. At least, uh, well, not necessarily in full swing, but getting darn close to full swing uh, around the area. And uh, I think with tonight, it's supposed to get below freezing. So that should really uh, get the fall foliage starting to turn around. But uh, I do have my first guest joining us on the phone, and I'm sure he's been out and about seeing some of that fall foliage from the Berkeley County Solid Waste Authority. It's Clint Hogbin. Good morning, Clint. Yes. Hi. Good morning, Jordan. How you actually, been? I have. I actually have been um, around. I'm actually calling you from Daniels, West Virginia, uh, which is a small town outside of Beckley. Oh, what are you uh, doing down that way? Well, um, every year the um, Association of Solid Waste Authorities has an educational conference, and this year it's at a resort at Glade Springs, which which is a private resort. I would try to compare it to maybe the Woods Resort. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the Hedgesville area, but uh, yeah, so this was the uh, this was the weekend of Bridge Day down here, um, and uh, the uh, and it's also we're having a three day conference, uh, and it's called the West Virginia Educational Conference on Litter Control and Solid Waste Management. Uh, it's not, yeah, it's um, something they do every year, although they haven't been able to do it in the last three years due to COVID. Uh, but uh, this, so this is the first time we've been able to get together in a while, and um, you know we've um, you know we we see, often go to these things and we get to see it as an opportunity. You, you can get updated or you can get new information on on solid waste programs around the state. You can see what other folks are doing. Um, there is a new program this year. Uh, in the solid waste world that I, I came specifically to learn some, some things about. So, um, so a lot of state employees uh, who work for the DEP or the solid waste management board, they are presenters and uh, there's industry speakers and, um, <clears throat> and it's, you know, it's just a great opportunity for training for the new folks uh, who are new to solid waste authorities, mm-hmm. um, you know, you know Maybe I personally don't benefit that much in that way, but uh, as I mentioned, um, the legislature has passed a couple new solid waste laws, and one of them created a dilapidated properties program. Right. And, uh, and they're calling it DLAP, an acronym DLAP. And I wanted to learn about 
uh, you know, DLAP and how it's being set up. And, um, and, uh, and I also like to learn what's going on from a statewide perspective mm-hmm. and, and what other counties are doing. Um, the, um, the, I mentioned the legislature passed a couple of solid waste acts. One of them, uh, this past session had to do with a concept called advanced recycling. Advanced recycling. What's that mean? Well, it, it's a new, it's a kind of a, a new term of an old thing, as it turns out. It used to be called chemical recycling, mm-hmm. and uh, it's um, it's basically you. Ha- there's a lot of uh, plastic in our waste stream, as we all know, and and some of it is a polymer. Some of it is made of multiple different kinds of plastic. And they're very, very difficult to recycle, uh, usually very little recycling opportunities for those. And uh, advanced recycling is basically a, a developing concept that's, um, where you would um, use chemicals, but you would be breaking the polymer back into all of the different individual plastics that, that, it was, that was used to manufacture it. Uh, and then once they're back to the, to the single plastic, they can be recycled more in a traditional way. Uh, wow. So um, it's, uh, it's, it's kind of a hot topic across the country, and uh, I'm uh, pleased that, you know, West Virginia uh, recognized that. Uh, the legislators uh, defined it. They, they uh, set, set uh, rules and permitting uh, requirements for it. Um, we're, we're also, um, there are some speakers here about, producer responsibility and what role they should play in solid waste management. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, Marshall University's here. They have a new composting operation there at Marshall University. So they're here talking about uh, sustainability and, and, and as it relates to that. And, uh, and so, you know, like I said, it's, um, it's, it's uh, an educational opportunity, Jordan, but uh, you know, it it does involve human beings. So there's an idea, there's an opportunity for networking and the, and um, and maybe even idea swapping, mm-hmm. if you will. So I'm looking at uh, some of the pictures you have up over on your Facebook page, and uh, it does look like there's a lot of uh, people there milling about. You did you just said that it's, it's good to go to those things for the networking, for you know learning and the education. But it is also a good place to go to get some good pens, get some good bags, get some good handouts here and there. You seen any good pens at some of the tables? <laughs> uh, actually, it's funny you should you should bring that up. One of the Whenever we go to uh, local, uh, you know, events to hand out material on, on Berkeley County's recycling program, a very hot item is uh, this little uh, little tool, I'm going to call it. It's a spoon, a knife, and a fork. Oh, wow. And people call them a spork. Mm-hmm. And I actually ended up in a long conversation uh, with a DEP, DEP employee about how can Berkeley County get more sporks. <laughs> Uh, which is certainly nothing more than a trinket. Uh, it's, of course, ideal for young folks who like to camp or mm-hmm. do things outside. And uh, they're, they're certainly a very hot item. It's, so it's a trinket I've got my eye on. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, if you get an extra one of those, bring that by the station uh, next time you come on in. But who says you're not talking about the important stuff like, you know, advanced recycling and things like that, but also trying to get more sporks into the county. I appreciate your hard work down there, Clint. <laughs> <laughs> you bet. So what else you got going on over at the uh, Berkeley County Solid Waste Authority? I see also on your Facebook page that your uh, Grapevine Road Recycling Center is having some different hours. Yes. Uh, as a matter of fact, it is. Uh, starting at the beginning of October, uh, the, the Grapevine Road Center, uh, which was only originally closed on Saturday, on Sundays, um, 
is now closed on Sundays and Mondays. Uh, and that is a direct result of loss of funding uh, due to the, the status of the Insorga facility. Right. Um, we, um, we've been helped, uh, very, very grateful for the help that the county council uh, has provided us um, in a couple ways for funding, but uh, it, it came a time where uh, we had to take the next level, the next step of, uh, of you know, cuts in the program to be responsible to the taxpayer money. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so uh, well, we got laid off, and, uh, and as a result, we had to close the site uh, on, on Mondays. Um, now, keep in mind that that's, um, that's really just returning us to where we were three years ago uh, before Insorga actually started making fuel. Right. Um, uh, and so that's hopefully the end of it. Um, we won't know uh, for sure, of course, until the Insorga thing continues to play out. Uh, but, um, you know, one, one of the um, big questions I'm hit with down here was, as people see me is, hey, what's going on with Insorga, you know? And, uh, and so it's important for me to get to the decision makers uh, in the Charleston area, particularly as they relate to grants, to make sure that they understood the importance of us of, of, of being considered for the this grant cycles that that's, that's coming through this year, mm-hmm. and, uh, and understanding the importance and the impact if we're not successful with those, um, you know, could cause deeper deeper cuts in in our programs. Yeah, speaking with Clint Hogman from Berkeley County, Berkeley County Solid Waste Authority, and uh, well, Marsh would yell at me if I didn't ask you this, but are there any new updates on Insorga or any new you know news coming down the pipeline? Well, not really. Uh, I mean, um, they continue to do the clean out um, of uh, the facility. Uh, it's almost done, frankly, um, and and I you know I continue to see lots of interest. I, I remain completely optimistic about. You know that the final chapter has not been written. I mm-hmm. just don't know the timeline. Um, kind of, if I could, Jordan, on a, just sort of a quick note, I'd sure. like to thank folks who participated in the county's paper shred event down at the South Berkeley Center and our pesticide event that we had over at Grapevine. Uh, both events were fairly well attended, you know, despite. Uh, road construction in the inwood mm-hmm. area. We still were able to. Um, we still had a good participation. We were able to collect 4,200 pounds of shredded paper uh, and 700 pounds of uh, pesticides. Wow! So, um, yeah, very, very uh, pleased with those numbers. And I wanted to just take an opportunity to thank uh, your listeners and those that have participated for for helping us out on that. Absolutely. And, uh, well, you kind of mentioned it there. We are coming up to the end of the year, so that means you're starting to see some, uh, you know, yearly totals start to make their way up the list. And I saw here uh, that you, apparently Berkeley County Solid Waste Authority recycled 2.1 million pounds of paper and cardboard in 2022. That seems like a lot. Yeah, actually, that's a, that's a typo. That was in 2021. That oh. was the end of the year for 2021. Well, still, regardless, uh, so, that seems like a lot. Well, it's... You know, uh, we, we on a typical year, we collect and recycle about 10 million pounds. Wow. Uh, and so, yeah, a million of it or so is paper and cardboard. Um, that's a typical year. 2022 will probably be about the same. Um, I haven't seen any substantial change in that. Uh, one thing that we may see a substantial change in is brush. We are delaying 
the grinding of brush due to, again, back to the budget issues. Uh, and, and, of course, we don't count those numbers until the grinding is complete. So mm-hmm. that may actually happen into calendar year 2023. So our numbers maybe might be down in 2022 at, only because uh, of, uh, of, that, of that situation. And speaking with Clint Hogman from the Berkeley County Solid Waste Authority, now that we're getting into fall and into winter, uh, are we still doing the you know stream cleanups and roadside cleanups and things? Absolutely. They're a very, very active uh, roadside program. has been spending a lot of time in the western part of the county uh, on, uh, on Back Creek Valley Road, getting some uh, unbelievable numbers. They, they literally can come back from one day's worth of picking up, tr- up litter and, and you know, have 80, 90, 100 bags of, of trash uh, it, it collected by a, a large group of people, but yeah. uh, collected in one day. Stream cleanup uh, will continue, although we're obviously not getting into the water. Uh, you know, we will be walking the water's edge or going to public access areas, uh, maybe up at Sleepy Creek, uh, places like that, uh, where you can still, you can still, um, you know, be productive in your day of uh, cleaning up litter, but but not actually get wet. Uh, with with the weather changes, one thing that uh, I should promote is um, don't forget the county's recycling program does accept leaves and. Uh, and, and other yard waste material like garden debris and brush and things like that. Uh, that's a year-round program, but, of course, this time of the year, um, the amount of leaves that we see skyrockets, uh, and uh, they're accepted for free. Just bring them to either the South Berkeley or the Grapevine Road Center, and you'll, you'll unload them from your vehicle down into a container where we will market them to a cam tab composting facility uh, over in Jefferson County. Now, when you talk about the, the roadside cleanups and stuff, picking up, you know, 80, 90 bags of trash, it's got to be kind of a, a double-edged sword for you. It's got to be nice to know that your your crews are out there picking up that much, but it's also got to feel a little weird to know that there's that much litter and trash to be picked up. Yeah, it's sad in one way uh, and impressive in another. Yeah, I uh, totally agree with that. Uh, but, you know, Berkeley County is not alone in litter problem. Every oh, yeah. county and every state has the problem, uh, and uh, and I'm just very pleased that uh, you know starting back in 2018, uh, with the help of uh, a lot of a lot of entities, really under the leadership of Doug Copenhaver, uh, we were able to set this program up and and take take litter reduction to to another level. Um, it's it's one of the reasons you know Berkeley County has. As, uh, there's a statewide clean county contest, and uh, uh, Berkeley County in the last 10 years has either came in first or second place uh, in that contest uh, as a direct result of, uh, of progressive ideas uh, like this. Again, speaking with, uh, with Clint Hogman for the Berkeley County Solid Waste Authority. Now, before I let you go, uh, anything else you want people to know about, especially let people know how they can get in touch with Berkeley County Solid Waste if they want to you know, volunteer and help out and things like that? Absolutely, Jordan. Thank you for that. Um, yeah, call our office at 304-267-9370. Uh, you can email us at office at berkeleycountyrecycling.com. Uh, also, our website, I just mentioned it there, berkeleycountyrecycling.com, or follow us on Facebook. We're very, very active on social media, posting every day almost, and it's a great way to learn about our program.
Well, you said you uh, were downstate uh, calling us this morning and that you were down there during bridge day and things. Did you uh, maybe take a leap off the bridge or you just been kind of walk around? What have you been up to down there that hasn't been solid waste authority related? Well, actually, uh, we have done bridge day before. I have a, a, a son who's um, actually rappelled off of the bridge Oof. a couple times. And uh, we came, my wife and I and family came down to, to watch that, of course, in past times this year. Um, it was just the time, an opportunity for me to get together with my son who, uh, who lives in the Charleston area. And, um, so we got together at Little Beaver State Park, which is a, a small state park in Raleigh County. And we just spent the day just kind of walking past and, uh, and catching up on each other. Very neat. Well, I'm glad it sounds like you're having a good trip and I'll uh, be excited to talk to you again. But Clint, thank you for calling in this morning on Panhandle Live. You're welcome. Thank, thank you for uh, for inviting me. Absolutely. Thanks again, Clint. Bye now. And that was Clint Hogman from the Berkeley County Solid Waste Authority uh, downstate for the 2022 West Virginia Educational Conference on Litter Control and Solid Waste Management, which, judging by the pictures and some of the things he's talking about, does sound like a pretty interesting kind of conference and uh, meeting place and workshop session to go check out. So I hope Clint's uh, learning some good stuff down there. I'm sure he is. And hopefully he's getting us a nice big supply of sporks uh, for Berkeley County because he doesn't like a good spork. I remember going to KFC as a kid. I always used to love getting their sporks from KFC. I thought they were the coolest invention ever. And I always wondered why they never caught on. Well, maybe Clint Hogman's going to get uh, the county caught on to some sporks and some maybe advanced recycling and other things to help uh, you know our environment and ecosystem here in uh, the Eastern Panhandle. But stick around. We'll be back with more Panhandle Live on WPM and WCST, the Panhandle News Network. Taking local stories and sharing them with the four state. This is Panhandle Live with hosts Jordan Nice Warner and Marsha Kavalik. Welcome back to Panhandle Live, brought to you by Sutton & Janelle, full-service law firm from West Virginia and Maryland. You can visit their historic location in downtown Martinsburg at 224 West King Street. You can always find them online at suttonandjanelle.com. Jordan Ice Warner, Marsha is out for the day. Uh, but, unfortunately, I was going to talk to her all about the wedding I went to over the weekend. A buddy of mine got married on Saturday. Uh, of course, tough time to be getting married if you're uh, friends with you know people in specifically football you know, radio and media because, well, Saturdays are a uh, pretty busy day, but thankfully I was able to uh, sneak out of the Shepherd game a little early and catch uh, my buddy's wedding over in Boonesboro. It was gorgeous. It was on a farm. It was in this old church. I mean, it was, it was perfect. The weather was great. Open bar always helps as well. Uh, to make the you know proceedings go on without a hitch. But uh, congratulations to Nick and Megan Garland out there. I'm sure they're not listening because I think they're halfway back to uh, Hawaii at this point. Nick's in the Navy. Uh, so he's got, especially with how things have been going, if you've been watching the news recently, he might have a pretty busy job uh, here coming up fairly soon. But, you know, with the whole wedding thing, you know, I was out on this farm, this nice land. I was thinking, man, it'd be nice to kind of live out in a place like this. So I decided to start, you know, looking through uh, different websites. I was on like Facebook Messenger and stuff. I just had no idea what I was doing, uh, looking for somewhere in that kind of a situation, right? But I thought, well, I know Liz McDonald and she knows how to do all this stuff, right? So why wouldn't I hit her up? So I hit her up and we started talking yesterday and uh, she told me the story about Rob and Jenna. Now, Rob and Jenna, they purchased their first home about 15 years ago. Then they started to grow out of it, right? So they purchased a new home, but kept the first one as somewhat of an uh, investment property. So when their tenants decided to move on, uh, they decided to take advantage of the market and sell it. 
Now, they did their research, and when they saw all of the Dandridge Realty Group's five-star reviews, they reached out. They wanted uh, the home sold pretty quick and for, of course, most money that they can get. Now, the, the pretty powerful advertising campaign uh, that Liz McDonald and Dandridge Group put out yielded them more money than they thought possible. And in seven days, the home was under a new contract. Just going to show you, working with Liz and a Dandridge Group, well, it works out for everybody. So in hot or cold markets, you want uh, to know that you are getting the most out of the sale of your home, and you need a local expert to guide you, just like I need a local expert to guide me. And that expert is Liz McDonald of the Dandridge Realty Group. Uh, she can give you an immediate cash offer for your home without all the large hidden fees, or she can help you negotiate to get the most money out of the sale of your home. So call the only agent that I would trust with the sale of my house, and that is Liz McDonald at 304-885-7645. Or you can Google Dandridge Realty Group. Group. That's Google the Dandridge Realty Group and get top dollar for your home. But we do guys step aside for a few minutes. When we come back, we'll be chatting with Audrey Morris of Morgan County Starting Points uh, to see what they have going on. And uh, looking through their Facebook page, I keep forgetting that Halloween is around the corner. And that brings up some uh, things that you can think about with your children going into the Halloween holidays. So it's coming up after the break here on Panhandle Live on WPM and WCST, the Panhandle News Network. From Pawpaw to Harper's Ferry, from Martinsburg to Winchester, it's Panhandle Live with hosts Jordan Nicewarner and Marsha Kavalik. Welcome back to Panhandle Live, brought to you by Sutton and Janelle, full-service law firm serving West Virginia and Maryland. You can visit their historic location in downtown Martinsburg at 224 West King Street. You can always find them online at suttonandjanelle.com. Jordan Ice Warner, Marsha is out for the day, and I'm still trying to get used to these headphones. I can't find my normal headphones, and um, I have these old ones on, and they sound like... I don't know, like the bass is turned up too high, which is uh, kind of been messing with me all day. So if you hear me kind of stumbling over words more than normal, well, it's because I'm not used to hearing myself uh, the way that I am currently. But we're coming up uh, on the holidays. Got Halloween around the corner, then Thanksgiving, then, of course, into Christmas and things when it gets nice and cold and frigid. I guess nice and cold and frigid for some people. But that brings up uh, different things to talk about. And joining me uh, here from Morgan County, Stor- Morgan County Starting Point is Audrey Morris. How you doing this morning? Good morning. How are you? It's I'm great to be here. Doing just fine. Thanks for braving the cold weather on this Monday morning. No, it's not that cold. It's uh, going to get colder. I know. It's too cold for me, especially when it's supposed to get down, I think, into the... Uh, I think low 30s tonight. Low 30s tonight. Well, Frost you, and freeze. You won't see me outside once the sun goes down, that's for sure. But uh, you got a couple of things going on over at Morgan County Starting Points. But real quick, can you let people know what Morgan County Starting Points is all about if they're just hearing this for the first time? Uh, Morgan County Starting Points is one of 43 family support centers in the state of West Virginia. And we are all family support centers. So we do a lot of the same thing with basic needs for families, um, food, clothing, Um, help with uh, parenting education and um, programs in schools, after school programs. It just depends on what county and what the need is in the county because that's what we're there for is to meet the needs in the county. So how are things out in Morgan County? Um, Busy, very busy right now. We The last time I was here, we had um, talked about our Empty Bowls event, which Mm -hmm. was our main fundraiser for our soup kitchen. How'd that go? It went very well. Um, We're probably going to top out about $10,000 with everything, the online auction, purse raffles, the event itself. So we are very pleased. It was nice to be back in person this year and to see our friends and the community 
out celebrating together. That definitely always helps. That's for sure. I think that's been like that with a lot of these things. I know the Apple Harvest Festival uh, and Parade and things was happening through Martinsburg over the weekend, and I think they had record numbers for that just because it's the first time you're able to kind of do all that stuff. And uh, for a lot of kids, I think this Halloween would really be one of the first things. Before we start talking about uh, the Holiday Helper Program we have going on, uh, I see on your Facebook page here a couple ways to support children for Halloween. Oh, Do you, have I you, am I am I getting you uh, on you're getting something me here? In trouble no, I'm not going to get you in trouble. I didn't see that. Not going to get you in trouble. Sharon usually posts that kind of stuff. So, it's well, it's from a few days ago, so you uh, not a big deal if you didn't okay, see it. And I'm kind of springing this on you. Stuff. Yes, yes, it is. So, what are some of the things that people should be thinking about with their kids? Of course, checking the candy. Of course, checking the candy. Definitely not letting your child go roaming around the streets in the dark by themselves. Yeah. Make sure there's adults present with them. Watch little people in parking lots mm-hmm. where. They're not visible. That's a conversation I have with my grandchildren. They can't see you. Yeah. And some of these bigger vehicles, they can't even see me because I'm not that tall either. <laughs> so just, you know, always being present with your children, right. making sure you know what's going on and where they are, especially yeah. in crowds. And so another thing, too, about um, you know, being mindful of kind of sensory things, flashing lights and the loud noises and the jump scares when you're walking to different houses. Yeah, it's um, some kids don't have a problem with that, but others, just anything that has a lot of sensory stuff, um, if they're on an autism spectrum mm-hmm. or you know, they just have some special hearing yeah. things or, you know, um, just be present and mindful of anything loud or, or flashing lights. You never know what's going to happen. Yeah, well, I'm definitely mindful of those, too. Me and Marsha went to a haunted house, a haunted trails. Uh, what was that last weekend? Two weekends ago, I think now. Uh, and it was the first time I'd ever done one of those types of things. And it was terrifying and jumped and scared and flashing lights well really it was the lack of lights at this haunted trails we went to uh, here in the county everything was just completely pitch black trying to go through these mazes we got caught we got lost and stuck a couple times to where the people that were trying to scare us ended up breaking character and told us which way to go which is always always welcomed yeah and so that brings me to uh, be age appropriate in what you do with your children you know if it's scary for an adult it's probably not appropriate for a five or six year old <laughs> yeah. to be out in the dark absolutely uh, lost in a maze absolutely uh, but let's talk about your holiday uh, helper program what's that all about um we started in 2004 with our community partners talking about lack of coordination for families when they're looking for help for Christmas. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's always the downside of families who are double dipping. Um, but more we wanted if a family is already stressed and trying to find resources and take care of their kids, then we don't want to stress them out more. Mm-hmm. So we came together, we created the holiday helper program. It landed at starting points. It's been there ever since. And um, so families do have to qualify. They do have to bring in, prove that they have the child, that the child lives with them. And then um, the family income dynamics and all of that. And so we do a face-to-face and it serves two purposes because we're registering the family for the holiday helper program, but then we're also there to offer services. Did you know that you might qualify for this or that this organization is um, a preschool organization that can do home visiting and those kind of things. So being able to, to make that contact with the family and then offer other community resources, not just say, here's your Christmas gifts. Have a good time. We'll see you next year. Right. So 
we do the screening with each family. Um, you know, 99% of them qualify because they're, they're there because they, right. you know, need help. Right. And then what, um, we do is we advertise to the community that we're looking for donors. So we work with the churches, businesses, um, you know, offices at the courthouse, the schools, whatever. And, um, we ask the donor at a minimum to purchase one outfit of clothing for each child and then a food gift card for the family. Oh, wow. So most donors go above and beyond with outfits and, you know, toys. And I literally one year had somebody buy a Wii system for a family. Ooh. That was when Wiis were like new. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, they're still not. They're still pretty yeah. penny. So it just, you know, it's all up to the donor because some donors just don't have, the, mm-hmm. you know, money to buy a lot of stuff or they just don't feel that that's appropriate. Yeah. So. And then while that's kind of all going on, usually there are lots of people from the community calling saying, hey, I have, you know, some toys that I want to get rid of or um, I have some clothes that were donated. And so we may have these extra books and toys and things that when the packages come in that are a little light, Mm -hmm. then we can, you know, stuff them with things that the community has donated to us. So blankets and socks are usually um, I'm trying to remember the men's group at the um, St. Vincent de Paul Catholic Church, Knights oh, of Columbus, yes. maybe. Yes, Um They do usually do like a ha- mitten and hat mm-hmm. drive. Mm-hmm. And um, usually Catholic charities will donate several boxes of coats to us. And so we can, you know, really pump up those baskets and, and get things out to the families. Wow. Well, that's pretty neat. So how can people get in touch with you uh, to, you know, find out what to donate? And you said people usually go above and beyond, but uh, what are, are there like kind of some tiers? Is it just, you can donate some things or you can give a check or, or some different items that you're looking for? Yes, you can do all of those things. Mm-hmm. Um, if you want to contact starting points, 304-258-5600 or send me an email, amorris at starting hyphen points.org. And um, I can get you hooked up and we can just talk about the things that we can accept. Mm-hmm. Um Gift cards are great, especially to like um, food uh, grocery stores. Oh, yeah. Uh, we like um, Food Lion has a, um, <laughs> sorry about that. I have a mandatory meeting at 10 o'clock. Hey, so do I. So I'm surprised <laughs> mine hasn't gone off yet. Yeah. So um, we, the Food Lion gift cards, you can usually, and I don't know if Martin's does it or mm-hmm. not, but they have like for food purchases only or like Save a Lot that doesn't have alcohol, tobacco products. Mm-hmm. Um, or if people last year were like, I can't shop, I don't have time, I don't, you know, whatever. And then they would just give us food or, um, like target or Walmart or something. And then we could go shop for a family that was identified. So there's a lot of ways to get involved and small things are great books. We love to put books into, um, bags for kids. So if you have used books or new books that you want to donate, um, we'll take those. And then if we don't use them all at Christmas, we have them to do programs and the rest of the year. Perfect. Well, uh, Audrey, thank you for joining me this morning. Crazy to think that we're already talking about Christmas stuff already. Yeah, well, it's all in the stores. Yesterday, you know, there's fall, there's Halloween, there's Christmas. Oh. All t- I'm surprised there's not like Valentine's Day. There's <laughs> <laughs> just, Easter, a little yeah, early, yeah. things like that. All year shopping in, in one trip. Absolutely. Well, Audrey, Thanks thank so you. so much Absolutely. for letting me come in. Absolutely. Thank you for joining me this morning. Stick around. We'll have more Panhandle Live after the break on WPM and WCST, the Panhandle News Network. Live and local, it's Panhandle Live with hosts Jordan Nice Warner and Marsha Kavalik.
Welcome back to Panhandle Live, brought to you by Sutton and Janelle, full-service law firm, so West Virginia and Maryland. You can visit their historic location in downtown Martinsburg at 224 West King Street. You can always find them online at suttonandjanelle.com. Jordan Ice Warner, Marsha is out for the day. She'll be back joining us uh, here on the air tomorrow afternoon. And what a big weekend. And by the way, the reason it took me so long to get back, my watch just broke. So good thing I didn't have the... Uh, Good thing I didn't have the mic on then because it would have sounded like it did during the Shepherd game over the weekend because I got attacked by a lantern fly of all things. I think Marsha was listening. A few people were listening then. Uh, right towards the end of the first half, I uh, had a headset on, much like I have my headphones on now, uh, and it felt something land on my head. And if there's one thing about me, if I feel an insect, anything that feels abnormal land on me, I'm swatting at it, I'm jumping, I'm moving out of the way. Okay, now luckily my media training over however many years I've been doing this now uh, prevented me from saying anything uh, while I knew I was on the air. But I did swat my headset straight off my head, slammed onto the table, which I think then slammed onto the ground during the middle of said game. Uh, so it sounded like I had fallen out of the press box. I had people asking me if I was all right, <laughs> if I didn't fall or ask me if I did fall out of the press box or fall down or pass out or something. Um, nope, it was just a uh, old lanternfly landed on me. And I think that was the first time I've seen a fully grown uh, lanternfly too, and that thing was nasty, nasty looking. I know up Hagerstown way, up PA way, that they uh, have been just, you know, destroyed by these lanternflies. Uh, but we haven't had them too bad around here. Maybe it's just because people in the Panhandle are, um, I guess, a little bit more vigilant on getting uh, these lanternflies snuffed out as early as possible. Although I have seen that there's apparently some, you know, a growing number of individuals in, uh, you know, the different corners of the internet where they are fans of the lanternfly. And are saying to stop stepping and swatting said lantern flies. Well, I'm going to tell you right here, keep stepping on them, keep swatting at them. Uh, just make sure you don't take your headphones off your head while you're doing that, while you're live on the air. Uh, and they make a huge noise that I'm sure blew out a couple people's uh, eardrums. But it was a big weekend around the Panhandle. Of course, had the Mountain State Apple Harvest Festival. Did you make it down? Did you go to the parade? It looked like it was a blast. Couldn't have had uh, better weather for the Mountain State Apple Harvest Festival. I've seen, um, seen a bunch of pictures here online about the parade, Queen Pomona, which, of course, I believe is Olivia Travis this year. She had former Miss West Virginia Outstanding Teen friend of the program. You can listen back to her, uh, I believe, her first ever radio interview or interview in general when she was named Miss Outstanding Teen with then Miss West Virginia, Jalen Retchford. Uh, if you go back through the archives a little bit over on our Panhandle Live Facebook and Spotify page, which, speaking of, friend of the program, former Miss West Virginia, Jalen Retchford, she was on the homecoming court. She did not win over at Shepherd, by the way. She did not win uh, said uh, crown from homecoming court. I'll have to figure out who did. I never was able to catch the name of the young lady that won, but... Yeah, busy weekend. The parade looked like it went off without a hitch, which is always good. And I didn't see too many cars getting towed downtown uh, because you couldn't park, you know, past a certain time on Saturday. And, um, well, I did see a couple cars over there longer than it should. I see Vicky Bullet. She's uh, in the back of one of the cars here, the back of a Mustang driving through the parade. I see that there was a 5K. I had a couple people ask me if I was going to run in the 5K. And I was like, absolutely not. Now, I used to be into running those kinds of things. But um, and I guess I'm kind of uh, saying this tongue in cheek because I do get up bright and early to go to these bike races just to race like 10 minutes and kicked out because I'm going too slow. But there's a few things that sound uh, worse to me than waking up real early on a cold Saturday morning, you know, like 4 a.m., 5 a.m. Every early people were waking up to get ready for that. Just run, you know, around town 5K wise. But it was packed. A lot of people do it. Uh, and I wonder who won that one. Maybe we have to try and get the winner of the uh, Apple Trample. 
on to Panhandle Sports Live, which you can hear uh, every weekday morning here on WPM and WCSD, the Panhandle News Network, with myself, uh, Luke Wiggs, and Parker Stone, which we were all out and about this week for high school football and college football. Had our Panhandle Game of the Week on Thursday, or on Friday, rather, which was Muscleman and Wheeling Park. We went through a whole big uh, recap of that. Wheeling Park ended up taking the win over the Alpmen, who were number one in the state at the time. Um, but it was a tough one. It's always cool to get up to Wheeling Park to go up to the island, Wheeling Island Stadium, where, of course, they have the uh, West Virginia High School Football Super 6 Championship Tournament up there, which are Metro News of Stations, uh, affiliates of stations. They you know take over for the Super 6. You can always... Uh, listen to those, and hopefully we do have a Panhandle team or two involved in that. I think we'll definitely have at least one, uh, but I think it's a real good chance of having two, if not possibly even three, uh, involved in that. Well, I'm also looking through uh, some of the car show pictures from the Apple Harvest uh, Festival, too. Man, there's some slick cars. wonder if Bob Steele over on 95.9 The Big Dog uh, knew about any of the cars that were over at the Apple Harvest Festival. Hmm. Be interested on that. But... I did see that they uh, have the winner for the 2022 Mountain State Apple Harvest Festival quilt, which is a pretty big deal. Bill and Sharon Powell. Guess I'm breaking that news for you here on Panhandle Live. You can find that over on the Mountain State Apple Harvest Festival Facebook page. Uh, but that is pretty big, and that quilt looks pretty big. It looks pretty nice, too. So, uh, Bill and Sharon Powell, congratulations if you're tuning in and just finding out that you uh, are the winners of the Mountain State Apple Harvest Festival quilt. Uh, and I do believe, I might be mistaken, but I believe coming up after uh, me here on uh, Talk Line with Hoppy Kirchville, I think they're doing a lot of talking about the Amendment 2. Now, of course, we know that the Governor Justice is you know, pretty firmly against Amendment 2. He was up here in the Panhandle uh, a week or so ago talking about you know, how it gets that he is. But you have local you know, politicians, local leaders here uh, in the Panhandle saying, you know, that we should be voting for Amendment 2. And we just have a few seconds, so uh, I'll get to a few of these texts uh, here once they come in. But I want you to let me know what you think about Amendment 2. I mean, we hear all the politicians talking about it, and we hear their opinions on it. But what's, I want to know what the people's opinion is on Amendment 2. Text me, 304-263-4321, 304-263-4321. You can text that any time of day or night. So if you uh, want to share your opinion, maybe take you a little bit to get to your phone about Amendment 2. You can text us anytime, 304-263-4321, 304-263-4321. Because, I mean, I don't know what to think about it at this point. I've heard good arguments for, for it, for good arguments against it. Uh, this is my first um, voting cycle as a West Virginian here in Panhandle. Uh, so I'm, you know, I'm curious. I want to know what the people think about uh, this amendment, too. And if you're going to vote for it, if you're going to vote against it, Again, you can text me, 304-263-4321. But if you missed any of the show today, you can always listen back to it over on our Panhandle Live Facebook and Spotify page. We had Clint Hogman from the Berkeley County Solid Waste Authority on uh, to talk about all the great things they're doing uh, with the Berkeley County Solid Waste Authority. He's down Charleston Way at a big conference right now, learning about some of the ins and outs of the new wave of recycling that he'll be trying to get up here into the Panhandle and Sporks. Apparently, he's uh, trying to hook us up with some sporks. I hope uh, he walks in here one of these days uh, coming soon with a big old tote of sporks. That would be <laughs> that would be pretty awesome, especially if it's in one of the Berkeley County Solid Waste Authority totes um, that he's got a bunch of those sporks in. But we also talked to Audrey Morris, Morgan County Family Support Center, starting points to talk about their holiday helper programs and things to keep in mind as Halloween comes around, all kinds of things. But that just about does it for me here on this Monday. Hope you had a great weekend. Hope you're having a great start to your work week. 
for the Absent Marsha. I'm Jordan. It's been Payton Handle Live on WPM and WCST, the Payton Handle News Network. Have a good one. WEPM Martinsburg and WCST Berkeley Springs, a WVRC media station. We're proud to live here, too.